dark money. It's a term you've heard a lot these last few years in politics, especially Missouri politics. But do you really understand what it is? Probably not. In fact, that's the point of the term, right? It's hard to trace the money's origins or track its spending. What's not hard to see about it is that it's having an impact, reshaping our politics, potentially shifting elections. Just ask the candidates in a big Senate race north of Kansas City. Here we are, just a month away from an election, and campaign finances, ethics, transparency, and politics are right there on the ballot. But will that even matter? I'm Brian Ellison. How money, dark and otherwise, is changing politics in the state on this episode of Statehouse Blend, Missouri. There's always been money floating around before... You were born, and when I was a little girl, even. (laughs) When you want to investigate money in Missouri politics, there's no better person to talk to than my colleague, Joe Manis, over at St. Louis Public Radio. She's sort of the dean of the state politics press corps. She covered the state house for years for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. She also worked in the D.C. Bureau. She worked on the sports desk. But anyway, Joe's the person to talk to about money. And let's start with the top of the ticket, the U.S. Senate race between incumbent Claire McCaskill, the Democrat, and the Republican challenger Josh Hawley, Missouri's attorney general. I asked Joe to start with the money that isn't dark. What do you call that? Bright money? Light money? Anyway, it's part of the picture. Okay, well, we're talking just about the U.S. Senate contest and the congressional contest. They are restricted to $2,700 from individuals, a little more from PACs. That money which the candidate then has in their back pocket, so to speak. They have total control on how they spend it. Now, that has been one of uh, Senator Claire McCaskill's strengths in this contest against Missouri Attorney General Josh Hawley in that she has raised like five times as much as he had in the bank. So that's money she can control. She can run ads where she controls the message, where she decides where they run, when they run. Because he has raised a lot less... He's reliant more on these outside groups. Now, she's getting money from outside—I mean, she's getting support from outside groups, too. So I want to emphasize that before we get deeper in the conversation. But I think this is an an important backdrop. He has to rely on those outside groups to make up the difference between what he has in his back pocket that he can spend on ads and what she can spend on ads. There is certain money that her campaign committee can— take directly from PACs, certain PACs, or let's say coordinated, uh, where she said coordinated money raising with other members of Congress. So let's, let's start with that. And she gets a share of that. So PAC I mean, is Political Action Committee. Uh, correct. And, and that's different. That's not dark money, right? No. On the surface, it is not. <laughs> because people, the donors have to be disclosed. Correct. Correct. There's a dairyman's pack. There's, you know, packs for the different ag groups. There's housing packs. Unions have packs. Unions unions have packs. Corporations have had packs. What's changed with Citizens United was that where they could donate money changed. They no longer were just restricted to these packs. They could now give their money elsewhere. And the elsewhere is often these nonprofit organizations called 501c4s. That's the part of the IRS tax code that that applies to them. Um, These are the ones that that we hear a lot about uh, so-called dark money. Um, What are these? How does this work? I first started tracking them almost two years ago now, was when they really started exploding actually was after the 2016 election. I mean, they were around a little bit before, but they really became a big deal after that, in part because uh, former Governor Eric Greitens 
Right. Two. A new Missouri Inc. was the uh, most most well known of Correct. these, and they Correct. had set up an office right down the street from the Capitol in Jefferson City. Same staffers as his campaign had. Uh, exactly. And, but and you, but officially unconnected to the campaign. Yes, and you had no idea who was giving or how much. So you've got these groups, and there's been an explosion in these groups. Technically, they are only supposed to spend no more than 49% of their money on direct campaign advocacy. But because you can't track the donors and you can't track the spenders, especially in Missouri, mm-hmm. there's there's no way to police it. I mean, there's, there's no virtually no way to police whether they're abiding by that IRS rule. Now, some states, I'm using the state of New York as an example, do require 501c4s to report their donations and how they spend their money if they're involved in New York campaigns. Hmm. So, in other words, you've got these politicians who have their public money and their private campaign money, which did not used to be the case. Not, I mean, even in 2016, even in the 2016 election. There was some of that floating around, but not the way it's floating around now. And so what's the impact of that, Joe? Do they tend to use the, the public money for the, the, the happy, smiley commercials that are positive and the dark money to really go after their opponent with the knives? Well, yeah. Now, in the U.S. Senate uh, contest, there's no evidence that McCaskill and Hawley have are, have control of groups like that. Well, in fact, it would be illegal for them to have control, Correct. wouldn't it? Correct. Yes. But... Their supporters can do it. Now, here, just just to give you an example, Mitch McConnell, who is the Republican head of the U.S. Senate, he has one. Mm -hmm. Um, Chuck Schumer, who's the Democratic minority leader, he has one. Now, Chuck Schumer also has a regular PAC, and so a lot of the money he's been spending on ads in Missouri on McCaskill's behalf have been from that regular PAC. However, many of the donors to that regular PAC are these 501c4s. So while his PAC technically is public money because you see where his donors are, we don't know who those donors are, do you, if, if you get me. So, <laughs> well, yeah, although it's starting to make my head hurt. I mean, uh, I, mean what, who, I know we don't know specifically who they are, but you've, you've reported a lot on this. I mean, who generally is giving money to dark money groups? Well, generally, it's very wealthy individuals who have a lot of money to throw around. In many cases, it's from, like, the financial community or other major, major, major business figures. But I want to emphasize, in most cases, they don't admit it. So in many cases, when people are talking about dark money, it truly is dark because we're not really sure where it comes from. You may recall when Greitens stepped down, it came right after a, a judge in Cole County had ruled that he was going to have to d- identify some of his donors who were paying for his legal defense. Well, the word was that the donors didn't want to be identified. It, the only way for him to get around uh, this was when he resigned, then that case, while it's still active, I mean, there, yeah. there's 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 questions whether we'll ever know. But my point being is that there are some who believe that it was a threat of having to identify his donors 
is what forced him out, not some of this other stuff. Right. He seemed willing to fight those other things, but but when the donors might be revealed, that's when it got Because the donors told him, some of his donors told him, my name cannot be public. There's no way to know, really, what impact money from undisclosed donors had, or would have had, on the policies of, say, a Greitens administration, or the votes of a U.S. senator. That's the problem with it, right? Money's part of politics, we voters are generally okay with that, as long as we know who has the influence, and we can make our decisions taking all that into account. That's true for big federal elections. It may be even more true for state races, where a little bit of cash can go a long way with campaign flyers and small market TV ads and robocalls. Which brings us to Platt County and St. Joseph up in Buchanan County. Republican Senator Rob Schaff, a vigorous critic of dark money, one who had the Greitens Dark Money Group take out billboards against him when he opposed the governor's policies, he's term limited. And wouldn't you know it, the race to succeed him has seen enormous amounts of money flowing in, some from PACs, some from other groups. The candidates, Democrat Martin Rucker and Republican Tony Lutkemeyer, have a lot to say about that. As you might guess, they don't see the issue the same way. It's been raised as an issue for both of you. There is the, there's the money that's raised just uh, in the normal way, that is the, the regular campaign contributions to campaigns. And in that, uh, in that tally, uh, you know, there is a disparity. Uh, Martin, you've, you've raised something like $146,000. This is as of a month ago mm-hmm. now. That's the last time these numbers were reported, so these numbers may not be quite accurate now. Tony Lukemeyer, you've raised $598,000 uh, at that last report, almost a four-to-one advantage. At the same time, there's a lot of money that is not included in that number, uh, the so-called dark money. Tony, what, what do you make of all the money that's pouring into this race? Um, really, far more money than, than those numbers. One of the things I'd like to point out is there's only one person on this radio program right now that has founded a dark money organization, a C4, and that is my opponent. And my opponent started a group called Northland Progress, which is a 501C4, meaning that it's intended to be a not-for-profit, a non-political not-for-profit that does not disclose its donors. And by the way, they engage in direct political advocacy. They're currently under investigation by the Missouri Ethics Commission. They're currently under investigation by the IRS. And so I think it's ironic that my opponent would be talking about dark money whenever he's the only person in this room who's founded a dark money organization. By the way, when we talk about PACs, uh, you know, there's a PAC that ran the first mail piece in the general election. Uh, That PAC is funded by groups mostly out of St. Louis. Um, They received $150,000 contribution from a C4 that does not disclose its donors. And so once again, the, the first money that's being spent by outside groups in this race are being spent against me in favor of my opponent, and they're funded by organizations that don't disclose their donors. Let me just follow up, though. I mean, you, you, your campaign has received, uh, or, or at least uh, is being supported by by some of those 501c4s uh, to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's legal. I mean, it, it, do you see any problem with that? So first of all, you know, I can only control what I'm able to control, right? And I can control the money that is raised into the candidate committee. And all of our donors are fully disclosed. All of the money that I raise is fully disclosed. And, you know, that's, that's proper. 
And we've been successful at fundraising. And frankly, that's because, you know, we have a message of bringing more good paying jobs to the state of Missouri. And that's resonated with people both in the district and outside of the district. You know, candidates can only control what they can control. I have you, not. You I, would say you've had no no interaction with the 501c4s that, that have supported you. Correct. And I, and I think that's in direct contrast to my opponent who, who founded one and is an officer of one. You know, I think it's interesting that we've heard a lot of, you know, different allegations throughout the race about coordination between these different groups. The reality is, is that my opponent, C4, endorsed him recently uh, while they were under investigation. I would assume that he probably has a vote in the endorsement process, given the fact that he's an officer. I'm sure that's all secret, so we'll never know. Well, let's, um, let, let's stop and give, give Martin Rucker a chance. Uh, he, um, Tony Lukemeyer is talking about the 501c4 organization, Northland Progress, Inc. Uh, w- yeah. What's your response to that? He's done a really good job. He used a lot of really eloquent words in talking about it. But uh, the truth is that uh, I resigned from that organization back in April, uh, right after filing closed. For candidates, and so I'm no longer a part of that organization. Um, as far as the endorsement, uh, they sent out candidate surveys to, uh, from my understanding anyway, they sent out candidate surveys to everyone running in this race and every race within their footprint as well. And so uh, my opponent had the opportunity to fill out the survey, whether he did or not, I'm not sure. But uh, the bottom line was that they chose me and I'm no longer affiliated with it. It's not a dark money C4. I don't, to my knowledge, they've never sent money to any political candidate at all. And it's kind of offensive to be called a dark money group because this is just a group of concerned citizens in the Northland, in Northwest Missouri, that vote in this district, uh, that have been out knocking doors for everything from the GO bonds to the airport passing. This organization was aimed at getting our neighbors and friends engaged in local and state politics. And so that's exactly what we've done. It's not been something that's been donating a lot of money to folks and uh, doing dark things that people disagree with. So I want to make sure I'm, I'm hearing you correctly. Northland Progress uh, has never donated money to candidates, to your knowledge. To my knowledge, not at all. I don't know whether or not his group has directly contributed money. What they do is they contribute in-kind resources they don't disclose. So, for example, they host a lot of rallies where they have food, they have drinks, they have, you know, a lot of activities, entertainers that come to those things, and then they host them as rallies in which they use to showcase their candidates. That should be reported, by the way, and it has never been reported by um, my opponent, to my knowledge. I've never seen an in-kind contribution reported uh, from that group to him. Uh, That's improper. That's an undisclosed donation, which is actually worse than them giving him money directly. Is it a problem, just in principle, is it, is it a problem to have so-called dark money, money from donors that are not disclosed, that goes through an organization and then it ends up in support of a candidate? Is that sort of at its root a, a problem with politics, do you think? And I, I mean this philosophically as much as I mean it for your particular race. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of concern about that. You hear a lot about dark money in Missouri politics right now. Do you think it's a problem in general, Mark? I do. I think that we should disclose our donors. I think transparency uh, is the best thing for our government at all levels, whether it's in Jefferson City, whether it's donating uh, contributions to a candidate or a PAC or a C4. Um, I really think that transparency is a good thing, and I think it's something that uh, Missouri voters and people all across this country are aching for. Yeah, so, I mean, I think we were served under the old system a lot better than we are right now. You know, where before, Say more about that. The old right, system. Right, the, old, the old system where people were allowed to contribute, you know, whatever it is they wanted. And they may, they may be different, you know, groups that, that do that. I suspect there were a lot of groups that 
well, clearly are acting on behalf of my opponent that are wanting to spend more than the campaign contribution limits. I assure you that the mailer that was sent out against me cost more than $2,600, which is the contribution limit. Um, but before people could criticize that, they could say, look, you took an X amount of money from such organization or such individual. And what everyone predicted, which ended up being the case when Amendment 2 passed, is that it actually caused the reverse of what I think people were hoping for, caused less transparency. And part of the problem is, you know, philosophically, whether, you know, somebody is for or against dark money, the reality is that the Supreme Court has ruled that certain organizations have First Amendment free speech and associational rights in order to um, you know, give money to these organizations. And so, you know, just like Northland Progress is a group that, you know, has the right to do some of the things that it's doing and not disclose its donors, that is an issue of federal law. Frankly, as state candidates for, for state office, it's not something that we control. Okay, there's a lot being thrown around there, so I'm going to break in for a second. Northland Progress, Inc., which Rucker did co-found but is no longer on the board of, is technically a 501c4. It might be the kind of C4 that the IRS had in mind when it created the provision, a civic organization organization that, among its activities, gets involved in political issues. You can see it on their website, workers' rights, schools, environmental, pretty standard left-of-center stuff. They also endorse candidates, all Democrats, it appears. The ethics matter involving Northland Progress hasn't yet been ruled on. We don't know where any investigation, if there even is one, stands. It's just a 64-page complaint filed with the Missouri Ethics Commission on September 10th by, wait for it, James Rooney, the head of the Platt County Republicans and obviously a friend and supporter of Luke Myers. It includes a lot of pictures of campaign postcards and events stages. Basically, it argues that Northland Progress didn't register as it should have with the Ethics Commission if it was going to be involved in politics. Meanwhile, the Ethics Commission did dismiss a complaint against Luke Meyer. He was accused of coordinating with the Missouri Senate Conservatives Fund and other PACs that supported his primary campaign to the tune of about half a million dollars. Some Democrats, notably Schaff, the Republican who vigorously opposes his fellow Republican to succeed him, didn't quite see enough daylight between political consultant Jeff Rowe's firm working for Luke Meyer's campaign and also working for the PAC. But the commission said there was nothing illegal there. Would the candidates agree on some steps toward greater transparency for everyone? Not exactly. I think going back to an old system where you are going to have transparency. So you would increase the individual campaign contribution limits? I, I think that's the only way you can you can do it. How I mean, high with, should with, they be? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's a limit that you would place on it specifically. But look, I mean, at the end of the day, there is a case, whether you like it or not, Citizens United from the U.S. Supreme Court that allows this to happen. It is... It is great for us to talk about this as a theoretical concept, but the reality is, is that the First Amendment is what the First Amendment is. The Supreme Court has set down this precedent, and they've really taken it out of the control of state legislatures to change this issue. Martin? I think it's something that we need to take a serious look at. We're sitting here talking about this, and like you said, you know, we seem to be agreeing on the same thing, and as far as where you set that limit, I'm not quite sure. You know, with back in the day when you could just write a $50,000 check, you could have the campaign funded, you know, and a couple of weeks from a few different uh, organizations and everyone knew who it was. But at the same time, it's harder to raise uh, a lot of money whenever you have the campaign contribution limits. And I think that's a good thing because politics and campaigns shouldn't just be about money. It should be about going to the doors. It should be about one-to-one -one interaction with voters. And so you could take all the money out of it and the candidate who worked the hardest would be the one who won. And I would be just as fine with that. Tony Lutkemeyer, the Republican, and Martin Rucker, the Democrat, knew each other when they both were students at Mizzou, not very long ago. 
are both in their 30s now. We talked more about that as well as schools and taxes and transportation funding. You can read more of the conversation at kcur.org. Their race obviously isn't the only one where dark money's an issue. In fact, it's coming into play in campaigns for and against ballot initiatives around the country, Missouri included. One of those on our state's ballot is Clean Missouri, which, ironically enough, seeks to limit the influence of money in politics. It includes campaign contribution limits. It sets new rules for lobbyists. It would change the way legislative districts are drawn in the state. Joe Manis says this is all new territory. Yes, and it's also become big. 501c4 money has become very big in a lot of the issues campaign. So many of the ballot issues that are going to be on on the November ballot. Especially clean Missouri. Yes, but not just them. I mean, to be fair, you know, the minimum wage. Right. Some of the others. There's money that is either either dark money itself or, again, it's through a PAC that got its money through dark money or through a foundation that got its money through a 501c4. So it's very difficult to track. <laughs> and to be frank, this just goes out. Okay, Clean Missouri has been under fire for this, and one could say legitimately so. Well, the group that has been set up to fight them, is well, it's a 527, but they, in other words, they're not going to have to de- identify their donors for a long time. Right. So, so the after point the is, election. So the point is that basically you've got one group that's being blasted for taking money. We can't figure out where it comes from, and it's being fighted by another group that's getting money from where we may never know either. And the public is the one who loses. Yeah, I mean, this is my question. Is What do you think is the impact of all of this on on actual governing, on actual legislation, or, or maybe even on the culture of Jefferson City? I mean, one thing is it's less transparent for journalists and people in the public who care about these things. Do you think it has impact beyond that? Yeah, because I think that when people see stuff on TV, it's kind of background noise while they're mm-hmm. making dinner or you know doing whatever. They don't know who's who's paying for this. And also, even if it's true or not, see, if it's directly from the candidate, there are guidelines that they have to be following. And they have to have their name at the end. You know, I'm Claire McCaskill. I approve this message. I'm Josh Hawley. I approve this message. And if there's certain factual errors in it, they can run into trouble. These other groups where no one really knows, it's difficult to trace. So they don't know. Like if they put out an an ad that's totally bogus on either side, it's... It's virtually impossible to get it taken down uh, or to prove it's wrong or to punish whoever put it up because nobody knows where the money's coming from. And the public, all they know is they see this ad saying so-and-so did something awful. And is that true? And uh, so it does, I, I think, royal the waters for voters who are trying to figure out who they want to vote for or how, what the stance on an issue is. And then in the, in the case of Jefferson City, using the former governor, for example, he had used his 501c4 to run attack ads against some fellow Republicans, especially in the state Senate, who disagreed with him on certain issues. Mm-hmm. Well, and in some cases, they were accusing him of having misleading messages. Uh, his 501c4 was paying for robocalls. Including against, we should say, uh, Senator Rob Schaff from the 34th District, which now is seeing this influx of outside money. Right, right. So my, my, my point being is that this is not just a Democrat versus Republican thing. You've got 
Republicans and Democrats on both sides, some who feel that it's important to let anybody give money, and then you've got uh, them on the other side who are like, wait a minute, I at least want the public to know who's paying for this ad. think in Jefferson City, the climate has been affected because you have some Republicans who had voted to get rid of campaign donation limits the first time around, and that happened in 2008, who then regretted it a few years later because all of a sudden these shadowy groups were pouring all this stuff against them, or somebody would get, it would be public, but they'd get like a million dollars from a single donor. Right. So all of this stuff is sort of roiled the climate in Jefferson City. And I'm not sure when that will change. Now, the new governor, Mike Parson, has set up his own outside group, but he intentionally, he made it clear that it was going to be a regular pack so that people would see who his donors are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you think that Clean Missouri, the the, so the ballot measure that, that at least on its surface, uh, speaks to some of these issues, to, to greater transparency and to, to ethics rules in general, will that change any of this? No. I mean, because the, most of the provisions that would be needed to change the dark money climate in the state or, or require most transparency is not in the Clean Missouri initiative. Now, to be fair, in order for them to um, not get tossed off the ballot, they had to keep it focused on one subject. They decided to keep it focused on the General Assembly, and even then they still came under legal challenge over where some of their provisions really met that uh, requirement. But the bottom line is to go after these 501c4s is something that's much broader than the General Assembly, and they really couldn't do that. Now, there's been talk, I mean, for years. I mean, former uh, Governor uh, Jay Nixon, uh, Chris Coster, when he was Attorney General, backed a proposal to require that the 501c4s who participate in Missouri have to identify their donors and spending, similar to New York. Mm-hmm. But those things went nowhere. I mean, those things went nowhere. You had some strong opposition in some cases. I don't see the, the situation changing much in Missouri in the foreseeable future, although I think that Governor Mike Parson is a bit more sympathetic to the idea of disclosure. But it doesn't appear to be a top priority, right. and I'm not saying it should be, well, but the point being is that um, until the General Assembly, which is primarily controlled by, by Republicans right now, um, decides as a group that, yeah, we need to do this, and we're going to do this despite what some of our donors think, things probably aren't going to change. And that probably would be the same if the Democrats were controlled. Right. It certainly has. Uh, Democrats and Republicans have, have found remarkable consensus uh, in the Senate, at least, on uh, not changing any of these rules. Yeah, or or the critics, I say Rob Schaff is a Republican, was a very outspoken uh, advocate of trying to do something to curb the dark money. But he didn't have much success, and frankly... He would, he would probably be the first to admit that it wasn't a partisan issue. It became a donor issue. Partisan issues, donor issues, they'll all come to a head soon. The election's just four weeks and hundreds of thousands of dollars away. Thanks to Joe Manis of St. Louis Public Radio. And be sure to visit kcur.org for full coverage of the 2018 elections, including more from the conversation I had with Tony Lutkemeyer and Martin Rucker. 
We'll be back with one more episode before the election. We'll bring you up to speed on the ballot issues coming your way in November. Yes, clean Missouri. Also medical marijuana and minimum wage and a gas tax and bingo. Statehouse Blend Missouri is produced by Matt Hodap. We had help from Coy Duggar and Erica Hunsinger. I'm Brian Ellison. Thanks for listening.